Welcome to Mental Architectures. Today's topic, what makes a good leader? During my business studies, I remember learning about the differences between a manager and a leader. In theory, managers are concerned with numbers and textbook procedures, making them efficient. Leaders, on the other hand, well, they tend to value the human factor and they have a vision, making them effective. Managers focus on the performance of the next quarter, while leaders look at the big picture, not just of their long-term portfolio returns, but of the wellness of their people, their corporate social responsibility, and how they affect the world. Managers command, leaders inspire. These days, everyone uses the hashtag leadership. Let's be honest, it's catchy. But... Since most professionals today would rather be perceived as leaders rather than just managers, how come we don't see many true leaders around? I think it's simple. Leadership for most, apparently, is still a vague, difficult to define concept. We usually assign it to people with charisma, which is another vague and vapid term. So, the issue is a problem with clearly defining our terms. In the modern business world, there's a shortage of leaders and an oversupply of obnoxious managers because no one taught people in positions of power to lead in practice. We see faceless managers that people call boss, but none call mentor. In the corporate world, I've seen many aspiring leaders who saw themselves as such, but no one else did. These self-proclaimed leaders thought that being tough and being feared was what drove people to excel. Yet they failed to realize that kindness is weakness only when you're already weak. Someone who is not empathetic out of fear of being taken advantage of is clearly weak already because they cannot maintain their frame when they're outside of their comfort zone. Do you want to know what it takes to be a leader? Here are seven qualities that I think are the most important attributes of a true leader. Number one, accountability. Leaders are responsible and hold themselves accountable for the performance of their team. They also hold themselves accountable for each individual team member. Leaders are responsible uh, not just to the customer or stockholder, but they're also responsible to the people they lead. It's easy to blame your subordinates when they do something wrong, but the leader willingly takes the blame, even when a mishap is clearly a subordinate's fault. And the reason for this is that a leader is directly responsible for each team member's mistakes, since it's a leader's job to timely spot issues, to train, to monitor, and uh, to extract maximum performance out of their own people. When the team or a team member underperforms, a leader willingly and exclusively takes the blame for not finding the right way to communicate effectively or to be sufficiently aware of what the team was up to or to catch mistakes before they happen or to leverage the specific skills of specific individuals in that specific way that onsets their productivity. Leaders also hold themselves accountable for conflicts within their teams and they take charge in their constructive resolution. Leaders are decisive and they stand by their choices and by their mistakes, as well as their mistakes of their people. 
They're not afraid to defend their people, no matter who is to blame. Instead of wasting time blaming and abusing their people for their mistakes, they find ways of improving the team. Because any issue is always solely the fault of the leader. Leaders own their mistakes instead of looking to blame team members or external factors. Even if it's a team member's fault, the leader takes full responsibility for them because they were under the leader's wing, the leader's area of influence and control. Instead of wasting time finding ways to blame someone when things go south, a leader finds ways to hold himself or herself accountable because this means he or she has more control over doing something about it. Taking on this much responsibility is hard, but it's empowering because it tells the leader that they have a great deal of control over their team's outcomes. The leader is willing to take the hit and does so boldly because true leaders are confident in their ability to formulate plans, to manage disasters, and to improve anything and anyone. Mistakes burden the leader and success embellishes the team. In other words, the leader doesn't blame anyone else and doesn't take credit for the team either. It's lonely being a leader, but leaders get satisfaction out of seeing their people thrive because this is the only way that leaders thrive. Number two, delegation. This means avoiding micromanagement. Sure, a leader may be better at performing a specific task that is the responsibility of a team member, but letting them do it and accepting the perceived relative imperfection of the result basically not micromanaging, keeps the ball rolling, the team working, keeps employees satisfied, promotes initiatives, sparks creativity, gives team members a sense of ownership of their work and encourages them to be innovative because they are entrusted with the responsibility of their tasks. A leader empowers and enables. Micromanaging kills all initiative, creativity, motivation, inspiration, productivity. It also severely damages trust, loyalty, self-worth, sense of purpose, and mental well-being. Leaders are not afraid to take a leap of faith in the team they themselves have developed and are responsible for, and they are confident that it will perform well as a whole. Number three, proactivity. A leader never leans back complacent, waiting for the people to report a problem. This is what lazy bosses do with their subordinates. Leaders, on the other hand, are there in the front lines with their people and take full responsibility for every mishap and for spotting problems. Leaders are also good at foreseeing potential issues well beforehand and they never blame their people for not letting them know in advance or not reminding them or not chasing after them about something. Chasing after the boss is not a team member's job. Team members are responsible for their tasks and for making the most out of the guidelines they received from their leader. By taking the responsibility to foresee and detect problems, a leader becomes more engaged and is incentivized to achieve heightened situational awareness of what transpires in their own team and their organization. Number four, involvement. A leader involves team members in every little thing that goes on that even remotely concerns them. Be it a casual brief on the strategy of the organization or some everyday harmless gossip about the working environment, team members get a feeling of belonging by being involved because work life happens to be the largest part of their lives and perhaps the most meaningful to them. Involving people, not leaving them in the dark, helps them feel relevant and appreciated. 
team members who feel isolated and distanced by management will demonstrate low levels of motivation, creativity, drive, productivity, and loyalty. Number five, interest. A leader is genuinely interested in their team members' well-being. Leaders are proactive in identifying their team members' concerns, and they create the right environment where people can feel empowered to talk and share what's on their mind, freely, without expecting judgment or negative repercussions. Leaders keep the communication frame light, fun, and friendly, without compromising professionalism, so that team members can feel comfortable to share Leaders frequently inquire how their people are, how their health is, if the working environment is promoting their well-being, and what they can do as leaders to improve workplace wellness and productivity for the team. But a leader's job doesn't just end at asking and not following up. Leaders don't ask just for the sake of it. They're also willing to work extra and put the necessary processes in place to address team members' concerns where possible, of course. Team members who request something reasonable that involves their well-being and productivity but don't get a response may feel betrayed and unappreciated, especially when that something is relatively easy for management to do. Leaders genuinely care and in doing so, they foster an environment of employee relevance, trust and development. Number six, mentoring. A simple manager views their employees as tools to get tasks done. A leader views their team members as people with concerns who need to be cared for and supported to grow as individuals first and then as professionals. Leaders are mentors in that they serve as role models to inspire their team members. Also, leaders provide the necessary opportunities and put in the work to develop their team members' skill sets. Failure to guide and provide the necessary opportunities for team members to grow will inevitably lead to team members feeling betrayed, unappreciated, and having a lack of purpose. The impact of that on well-being and productivity can be severe, to say the least. Leaders are not afraid to teach because they know that mentoring is mastering. Number seven, emotional intelligence. Leaders are perceptive of their team members' emotions as well as their own. They value emotions and consider how emotions of others are affected by their decisions. Leaders care about their people, and they put themselves on the line for them. If marketing teaches us one thing, it's that emotions determine our choices more than rationality. So success in anything comes from inspiration, positive mindsets, loyalty, ambition, and drive, all of which are emotions. Great leaders know how to tap into those emotions and leverage them to empower their team members first and then the team as a whole. Leaders evoke positive emotions in people who can't wait to go to work. So to sum up, unless an organization is interested in mediocre results, then managers need to become leaders. You can tell a good leader by observing their team members. Are they inspired? Are they happy? Are they driven by a sense of purpose when it comes to their work? Do they admire their supervisor? Is their supervisor respected and not just feared? And last but not least, when you walk into a room, is the one in charge visually indistinguishable from the rest? Well, that's how you spot a true leader. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.